Welcome to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, your host, Dawn Owen. I'm a wife, a mom, and an entrepreneur, a speaker, a zero BS coach, and a lover of the high vibe life. I help business leaders like you create huge breakthroughs in their life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and impact you want and deserve. In this podcast, you will hear me talk all about mindset, money, and magic. The power trio that I know will get you where you want to go fast. This is the High Vibe Tribe podcast. and introduce my guest for today. So it's Sam Flynn and she is, let me just read this correctly, a digital well-being and social media coach, trainer and speaker. Welcome Sam. Hi Dawn, thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. So I always start the podcast with this question, how high is your vibe today on a scale of one to ten and why? Oh, I think mine's about an eight today. Okay. So I'm back in my flow. I'm back doing what I need to do. So I think that's definitely why my vibe is pretty high this week. And also it's pouring down with rain today after a spell of really hot weather. And I don't know, usually the weather, the rain would really like negatively impact me. But today I'm like loving the rain and it's really definitely lifting my vibe today. I feel the same about the rain like I love the sun but only if I can lie in it so if I've got work to do I'm not interested and (laughs) it's been so hot hasn't it so I'm hoping this rain because it's prolonged is going to freshen things up a bit and we can all get a good night's sleep exactly exactly it feels nice but to have the rain and it's not often I think that we do appreciate the rain so today I'm appreciating it (laughs) love that okay so I would like you first to explain to our listeners a little bit about your background and how you came to do what you did now, because I'm guessing, you know, 10 years ago, there probably wasn't even this job title, this business title. In fact, quick segue here. I heard something the other day where they said 40% of the jobs, now let me get that right, in 10 years time, 40% of the jobs won't even be a job right now. And I was like, oh, gosh, that's scary. So, yeah. So tell us a bit about your background and how you came to do the business that you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. So and it's so true. I remember when I was at school and when you had that kind of inevitable question, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'd always say a teacher because there was like probably about 10 jobs that we knew at school. And yeah, the job I do now definitely didn't exist when I was at school. So (laughs) I have been a social media trainer for 12 and a half years now which is quite a long time in the social media world. There wasn't many social media trainers around when I first started doing it, but the demand obviously has grown astronomically in those 12 and a half years. My background's actually in business psychology and my first business, I started when I was 24, project managing employee surveys for businesses because that's kind of the area I focused my master's on. And it was within that I got really involved with social media and using it to market my business, went on courses, thought they were so badly delivered because no one really knew what was going on with social media. So I just thought, you know what, I'm going to go out there and deliver some training myself in this. And it just took off really fast and became my main business. And then the digital well-being has really kind of emerged over the last probably two years, though really as a business kind of over the last year. 
And that came about during the pandemic. So as I said, I've got three daughters. When the pandemic hit and we went into lockdown, my youngest was 17 months, the other two were four and six. So we were really like in at the deep end with three pretty young children at home. And my husband works in construction, so he got to leave the house every day, the lucky thing. And I had to, you know, exactly, off he went at half six in the morning and came home at half six at night. Well, we had just absolute chaos all day, me trying to work with these three young girls at home. And actually I found that my phone became a really useful tool and I will never slate phones for this reason I think they're brilliant and I would use it pretty much to work on all the time because I just found it was a lot easier to sit on the sofa watching Peppa Pig or whatever or sat at the kitchen table helping them with schoolwork and just be able to answer emails put out social media posts and so on to the point that I think I without a doubt then became addicted to my phone and it just became a permanent fixture in my hand and my middle daughter actually said to me, like, mom, you're always on your phone. You're never mm. listening to me, which was like the big turning point where I thought, geez, she's absolutely right. And alongside that, my mental health had taken a dip like it did with so many people during the pandemic. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to delete all social media off my phone, which is a big step as a wow, social yeah, media, yeah. running a social media based business. I thought I'm just going to have a month off. And I kind of went on there and I said, look, I just need a month without having to turn up, without having to look at it. And I deleted it all off my phone and didn't go on social media for a month. And it was like my mental health just instantly started to rise again. I felt so much better and it just piqued my interest. I think the psychology background then was like, what is going on with this? Because so many of us are plugged into our phones or laptops or iPads or whatever other digital technology it might be all the time. And we really struggle to put it down. And why is that? And what's the negative impact it's having? And I just took a real interest in it really and read up lots about it made a huge difference in the way I use my phone and digital technology and uh, yeah it was one day when I was walking the dog and I thought this could be something I could actually help other people with and hence now also being a digital well-being coach I love that and I've written written so many things down there so first of all the fact that you said you know you're in social media for the last 12 and a half years which coincidentally is about the same time that I've been in coaching so I always say I was a coach before it was trendy to be a coach I was a coach when no one really knew what it was and thought it was like an American thing and I guess you know 12 and a half years ago for social media that was the same because you know it wasn't such a big deal well there weren't half the platforms there are now for a start-off but it was was, yeah it was there was not as much demand at all I remember speaking to people and they'd be like oh I'm not going on Twitter that's just Justin Bieber fans that was all Twitter was known for was Justin Bieber back then yeah it's definitely changed a lot yeah definitely and then when you were talking about obviously through lockdown and you know we all had to find a way to get through the days with the challenges that were thrown up at us I was lucky I didn't have the whole homeschooling thing but you know homeschooling or children and that and it's interesting isn't it when you say you know you could run your business from your phone and they're just mini computers on and that's what they are yeah. these days and so it is very easy to do that and likewise and I'm thinking of myself here it's very easy to kid ourselves that we're on the phone mm-hmm. because it's my business because I've got to be I've got to be on my I've got to be on my phone because it's how I do my business and I've got to check on the social media apps and I've got to do this and I've got to do that but I find myself I'm quite good I think work-wise if you like because I I think part of that is because I prefer to work off off a screen I'm on it now I prefer to work on my desktop rather than the phone but what I do is I'll leave it out of the room at night 
And then we're watching something and I'm like, I'm a terrible person to watch TV with because I pause it all of the time just to say, oh, doesn't that look like so-and-so? What's going on here? And then I'll be like, what is he from? What is he from? So then I run to get my phone and I look it up because I've got to know everything right there and then. And then before I know it, because I've gone on to cast of succession and then I'm like, oh, and you know what? He was in this and then I'm here and then I'm there. And then before I know it, 20 minutes has gone by. And it's just like such a waste of time, really, just because I wanted to know what the person had been in before. What did we do before that? You know, we just had to like think about it all night and then it came to us at 3 a.m. So, or potentially we didn't even care about stuff we think we care about now. Yes. Like we might have gone, oh, I think I recognized him from another TV program. And then we'd have left it at that. Yeah. Now it's like because we know we've got Google at our fingertips, it's like, I don't need to just wonder. I can go and find out straight away. Exactly. Which is really useful for some things. But yeah, like you say, for others, it's like, 20 minutes later and you've got the lives of every cast member of succession who they've been married and divorced and how many yeah. children they've got and it's yeah. mad. and that's how it creeps in isn't it I think so so what would you call digital well-being what do you think that what's the de- what's your definition so to me digital well-being is having a positive relationship with the digital world oh, I love that so oh, yeah. we all are obviously part of the digital world there's no avoiding that and you know, I'm not someone who's about to say, oh, I really recommend that, you know, throw your phone and smartphone in the bin, get an old school Nokia, you know, remove all social media, get off everything, you know, let's go back to basics. I'm not somebody yeah. who does that at all, because for me, social media is massive. It's yeah. a huge part of my business. It's a huge part of my life. My phone's a huge part of my life. So it's more how can we manage that relationship so it has a positive impact on our lives rather than a negative impact and unfortunately for most people it swings more towards the negative so my role really is to help it swing the other way and go more positive and you know in a place where they're in control of it rather than it being in control of them I love that I love that you said you know it's not about going back to the Nokia which then I immediately thought about remember Snake yeah I know and you could get get so frustrated on the tiny screen it was so small because yeah they are a part of our lives so it's kind of I'm thinking for me like I am I could easily be a junk food junkie and chocolate and all of that stuff and it's so readily available so it's the difference between you know going well I could have McDonald's in the morning I could have Burger King I could have chocolate and that and that would be great and it's all there but I've got to learn how to manage that and I'm not a fan of all or nothing yeah I think I do have you talk about psychology I do have that all or nothing thing within me and so it is managing that but it's like going okay you know just because you can't eat it all day every day doesn't mean you never have one Exactly. Um, so yeah. I, I don't like the word balance or I don't want to use that because I think it kind of is gives us an unre- unrealistic expectation. When you talk about balance, people immediately think of 50-50. So, for instance, I hate the term work-life balance because, you know, if your kids are ill, then your focus is all there. And then sometimes there's moments you've got to have that blast mentality in your business. And so that's what I think you're saying with the phone. It is about finding that you know the happy medium where it's like not intruding on your life but you are still you still have it there to use yeah absolutely I mean when we think about it in terms of food like we are filling our brains full of junk all the time in what we're scrolling through and there might be the odd thing in there where you're like oh wow that's like 
that's just that bit of knowledge that I've learned through social media is going to have a huge impact on my life. And you get those odd little nuggets. Most of it really is just feeding our brains with junk. And so it's exactly the same as with food consumption. You know, it's all about make, yeah, okay, now and again, we can have that slab of chocolate cake, or we might want a, you know, a dirty burger from McDonald's or whatever now and again, absolutely fine. But if we're feeding ourselves with it all of the time, we're going to end up ill. And it's the same with digital consumption. If we're always switched on and always consuming, eventually, we're going to experience some negative, mostly mental impacts, but actually, they can be physical as well. And they can be social, and they can be emotional. So yeah, absolutely. It's not about never doing it because I do love a cheeky scroll on TikTok or Instagram, but it's about having that control and knowing when to stop and also what to consume as well and making yeah. sure. Yeah, I think I'm just thinking again of myself here and it, although it's silent social media, uh, you know, obviously unless you're watching something we sound, but it is largely a, a silent thing, but it makes me feel like there's noise in my brain and that is one of my warning signs, if you like. And it's not just with social media, it's with life in general. I know when I feel like there's noise in my brain all the time, that's when I need to take a step back and I need to bring things down and get some time for me. So I know that's my warning sign. What do you think are some of the signs that, you know, you are maybe overdosing on your phone? Yeah, so the first one's probably time, like just... I mean, we all say it, don't we? I've never got enough time. I haven't got enough time. I haven't got time for this or that. And yet in the UK, the average phone user is on their phone for four hours a day, which doesn't sound horrifically bad. If you think, yeah, well, a few 20 minute sessions here or there, I can see how it quickly can add up to four hours. But if we look at that over a 12 12 month period, that's two whole months of the year without sleep that we're spending on our phones. Yeah. So when we look at it that way, it's like if someone is spending more than four hours, more than the average, that's uh-huh. a really good sign that they're probably in excess of, you know, the use that they should be. Even four hours, to be honest, can be quite yeah. quite a lot of negative impacts. Sleep is generally really negatively impacted. And interestingly, I had a little bit of a regression actually over half term because I think pretty much since lockdown and we when we went back to the new normal as it were mm-hmm. and we could go away and stuff again most school holidays we would arrange some kind of trip even if it was just a weekend away or something and this was this felt like the first school holidays in a long time where we didn't go anywhere my husband was at work I was at home doing a bit of work and entertaining them and I actually had a bit of regression and my screen time just went massively up and I found myself scrolling more and more but interestingly and I hadn't really put two and two together and I probably did just blame it on the weather I had the worst two weeks sleep ever. And it's only after that I've realized, gosh, I went, I really regressed back to lockdown in Mm. those weeks. My subconsciously, I went back to the triggers that led me to pick up my phone more, but my sleep was really negatively impacted. Sleep is a really big one. So, so for people who are struggling with sleep, it's definitely worth looking at what am I consuming online? Mm. How much am I looking at my phone and so on? Focus and attention. There is a really good book by Johan Hari called Stolen Focus. And it looks at numerous different ways that our focus and attention has been negatively impacted over the years and why it's getting worse and worse. But one of the biggest impacts is the digital world. So if you find that you really struggle to focus and pay attention to anything, if you find you're you know, you're working away, but next thing your hand's going for your phone or you're thinking you're looking at something else or you're flicking from emails to the task you're on to a website and so on. Or if just someone speaking to you is really hard to focus and pay attention to, 
that's probably a sign that actually it could be overconsumption of social media or other digital solutions that are the problem there. And actually, I did coach someone in reducing her phone use. And we talked about things to do other than mm. look at your phone. And one of the things that came up was reading. And she said, I keep trying to read. I can't get past page one. I can't, I have to keep going back and reading because I've lost my focus. Mm. So she can't even, she couldn't even read a page of a book yeah. without attention going, you know, focus going elsewhere. So that's a really big one. And then generally mental health, you know, mm. there is, there has been shown to be a negative relationship between phone use and mental health. So generally what is seen in those who are addicted or are overusing digital social media and such like, they typically have a lower mental health. They typically struggle from more anxiety, more depression, more low mood, which is due to a range of factors, such as the time factor, not having time to actually do the things that improve our mental health, but also just constantly, like you say, feeding your head with noise. Yeah. Never good for us. So yeah, if, if all of those are, I mean, that they, to be fair, it can impact us even if we're just spending a couple of hours a day on our phone. But if those, if you're really starting to see yourself experiencing all those kind of different symptoms worth going and looking at your screen time and thinking, actually, could it be that I'm consuming far too much social media? Definitely. And I'm thinking about a couple of things there, and particularly for women, I think, which which tends to be the listeners of this podcast around the comparison piece as well. Yeah. Because I know a lot of women that I speak to in business and in their careers are like, well, you know, I'm looking at Sam over there. She's got it all together. She did a great post. She's consistent. She shows up. Her business is fine because, of course, we assume that everybody is doing really well, don't they? And, you know, that I think, well, I see, I know that it does affect the mental health and your capacity to get on with what you're doing because you're constantly comparing yourself. I think that is one of the big things for social media. Do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. And that comes in so many different facets from business. And I've been there looking at other social media trainers and going, oh my gosh, how have they got that opportunity? And I haven't, or particularly during lockdown, if we go back to that, you know, I remember seeing one particular social media trainer who doesn't have any children and he was going on about how this was his busiest time ever in business. I was thinking, great that you can do that, but I've got three kids at home. I can't deliver training all day online. I can't do it. So getting very jealous. And then there's things like looking at people's bodies and looks and the money that they can spend on things it's definitely worth remembering that actually mostly what people put online is their social self and not necessarily their real self and often the reality is hidden away and we only see a snapshot but it is it's a really common problem and I think it's human nature isn't it to compare ourselves to others yeah even just subconsciously without thinking about it just you know yeah, definitely. Full of other people's successes can sometimes feel really draining. Absolutely. Uh, and I think the other thing, and this is interesting because I've just literally been writing about this, holding an event on Sunday. And this is one of the things that I'm going to be talking about, not digital right. well-being, but cushioning, I call it. So instead of, it's more than procrastination, it tends to be that we are actually cushioning from an emotion, possibly that mm-hmm. we don't want to feel. And one of the things that we can do is pick up our phone because it immediately can transport us. You know, there's lots of other things we do. We overeat, we overdrink, we over. But overconsumption of our phone, mm-hmm. I think, is one of the because it's so immediately available. And, you know, I think about whenever I record a podcast, I always put my phone out of the room because yeah. I don't want it to buzz and affect the audio. 
And I think I was just thinking when you were talking, and I was thinking, why don't I do that on a more regular basis? I'm sat in front of my computer. I'm not going to miss anything. No, that's but it. I think we all also have that like almost self-importance, I suppose, of like, oh my God, you know, well, what if, what if? So yeah, it's interesting. I think we do use them. Yeah, we do use them in that way. And that brings me to one of your phrases, the infinite scroll. Yes. So yeah. tell us about infinite scrolling. Yeah, so I remember when I joined Facebook uh, nearly 20 years ago now. Gosh, it seems crazy to even say it was 20 years ago that I joined Facebook. But back then, I mean, smartphones didn't exist, so you did have to log into the computer. But you would get to the end of page one, and then you'd have to click and go on page two of your feed. And just that little movement from page one to page two kind of is almost like a friction point, like, oh, actually, I need to crack on with this, so I won't bother going on to page two. Now we have the infinite scroll. There's never an end point. You don't get to the point where it says, hi, Sam, you've caught up on everything today. Get back to work. Uh, So there's no friction. It just carries on forever and ever. And I think I once likened it to mini eggs, actually. You know, if someone put this massive bowl of mini eggs on my desk right in front of me and I had a couple and then I'd be like, you know, I'm just going to have another and another and because it was there were so many, I probably would get to a point where, oh, God, I'm really full and I feel a bit sick. But, oh, they're just there in front of me and I'll have another and another. Mm. It's very much like that with the infinite scroll. There's nobody telling you, you're done now. You've caught up. You've done enough. Crack on with your work mm. or whatever else you need to do. And it's, yeah, that's one of the big factors that is making social media far more addictive is that lack of friction. Because if we look at any other addiction, be it smoking, alcohol, food, drugs, you know, we're going to run out, aren't we? We'd have to kind of leave the house and buy some more. Whereas with social media, we're not running out of it. It's, it carries on. Mm. Uh, And another key phrase in there actually is going out and buying some more. Again, Mm. it's free. So we haven't even got, oh God, I've already spent all my money on cigarettes or whatever it might be. I'll have to stop now. It's like, actually there's no, there's no friction in terms of spending as well. And that's why it is now one of the world's biggest addictions. Yeah, it's interesting what you say there. It's free in terms of money, but not in terms of, well, time for a startup. And of course, you know, the people who are at the heads of these social media platforms, it is their job to keep us on there, to keep us on the infinite scroll. It's no wonder that the friction, as you said, disappeared. Because the longer they can keep you on there, the more attention they have, the more chance you're going to spend something with one of the people who's advertising on there. They're going to show you more of the stuff. I mean, that always freaks me out. You know, one minute I'm just browsing Ted Baker. The next minute they're showing it to me on Facebook going, don't come back, buy the shoes. Yeah, I know it is. It's scary. And it goes even beyond that. It's You know, they're recording our conversations now. And you might have noticed it if you are chatting to someone about something and then next thing the advert pops up like the other week I went wild swimming with my friend and we were talking about dry robes I hadn't searched dry robe I hadn't followed them on social media nothing and as soon as I opened Instagram first advert was for a dry robe it's very strange I mean I have heard that and I'm never and I'm so glad to hear it you know from you an expert in that industry because I'm like yes now I know it's true because previously I've been like is that actually a myth but it does happen it absolutely happens yeah like when we agree to the terms and conditions we're giving access to our microphones you know we're giving access to our conversations our whatsapp conversations all of that kind of thing so yeah, of course. Then the longer they you stay on those platforms, the more money they make. And I, so, yeah. I always wondered what was in the terms and conditions. I almost think that one day someone's going to turn up to take all our firstborn children or something because really? 
no yeah. one actually reads it. Read yeah, give me the thing. Give me the thing that I want right now. Yeah. I know, exactly. So we've all agreed to it. Yeah. And sometimes it's quite handy, to yeah. be fair, when they present something to you that you think, oh, that saves me going and looking. That's exactly what I need. But yeah. it is why they're designed to be addictive. And, you know, unfortunately, we are we are the product really of social oh. media. We are the money makers of social media and they just need to keep us on there and we will keep that churn of money going back to them. So we've talked about what are some of the signs that maybe you think you need to think about your digital well-being. What are, you know, a few things that people can do to kind of try and reverse that a little bit? Yeah, so there's quite a lot you can do and I wouldn't advise doing everything at once. I would advise just trying a few different things out and then maybe adding more in. So the first thing is turning off notifications. When we have our phone near us and even actually turning it off on your laptop, computer, anything that interrupts us is damaging our focus and attention and of course taking us away mentally. Even if we don't click that email or go and see who's liked our Instagram post, we've mentally taken our thoughts away from what we're working on and we've broken the flow so the other thing is of course it does tend to lead people to pick up their phone like oh I've got a whatsapp message let's see who that's from and now I'm on whatsapp oh suddenly I'm on instagram and now I'm on tiktok and now I'm on ASOS buying stuff and so on so uh, turning off notifications has been shown to massively decrease phone use so turn off all your notifications or as many of them as you can you mentioned it before keeping it in another room keeping your phone out of sight Mm -hmm. Now I use my phone for calls quite a lot during the working day or I receive calls through it. So I keep mine in the room with me, but I don't have it on my desk. It's not just readily there for me to grab at. So it's the other side of the room. I can still hear calls if I need to do any like two-factor verification and all that kind of stuff that comes through to your phone now. I'm there in a second, but it's not within grabbing reach. And that's really important. Also at nighttime, that's massively important too, because so many people sleep with their phones pretty much right next to them, have their last scroll at night, first scroll in the morning. I don't know what you're talking about, Sam. I don't know who these people are. No. (laughs) I know. I think it's the other way around now though, isn't it? It's like every time I speak to people, they're like, like the kind of embarrassed. Yeah. Um, Because it's just, it's, you know, we've naturally all become, got in the habit of, charging our phones next to our bed, using it as an alarm. And you can have it in the room with you, just the other side of the room. So when you get into bed, there's not a phone there to reach for. So yeah, out of reach, out of sight, it really does make a difference if you can do that. And then we talked before about friction and the lack of friction that's causing us to spend more time on than we want. So we have to personally add that friction in. So you can do that with things like setting up screen time limits. So for example, on iPhone, you can set a screen time limit for social and that will cover all social media platforms. You could set it to say 20 minutes a day. And then once you've been on for 20 minutes, it will pop up, you know, you've reached your time limit for today. You can override it, but it is like that thing Mm. that makes you go, oh yeah, God, I've spent enough time on this. You could also use timers. So I do, as I said before, like having a scroll and sometimes, you know, middle of the day, I think I'll have my lunch and I'm just gonna have a little scroll on social media. And I will often set a timer for that scroll. So it's a five minute or a 10 minute scroll. Mm -hmm. Because again, that timer going off is like a point of friction to stop me just getting sucked in and carrying on. Other points of friction you can add, you can put a a rubber band or a hairband around your phone because that makes scrolling really tricky. So you'd have to remove the hairband every time you want to use your phone. And then things like apps that you can use to block your use. So there's a good app called Freedom. 
And you can set up a freedom session for, say, two hours and it blocks you having access to anything on your phone for two hours and you can crack on with what you need to do. And another app I really like is called Forest. And again, you can kind of set up forest sessions for a set period of time or you can just have it running and it will amass the time. And what's great about Forest is for all the time you amass, they give you virtual coins. And when you've got, I think it's 2,000 or 2,500 virtual coins, you can swap those for a real tree being planted. So they've teamed up with a charity who then plant trees. So by using your phone less, you're actually also helping the planet. So yeah, the real key is find your points of friction and put those in place. So it's not as easy as just reaching for your phone and scrolling endlessly. Yeah, I love that. And it's what I talk about with people a lot about. It's kind of, it's embedding a habit, but like a reverse habit almost. You know, I love, like you said about the apps and we'll put those in the show notes, but also something just like the elastic band around the phone. Because, yeah, of course, that that would make the infinite scroll very difficult. Yeah, so, well, yeah. The band gets very annoying. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, thanks for sharing those. So what's next for you? What's coming up for the rest of this year? We're at time of recording. We're, well, I was going to say mid-June, but I suppose we're kind of edging towards the end of June. Um, what's coming up for you in the next six months? Yeah, so a big focus for me now is going into businesses and working on digital culture in businesses. So yes, individually, we all probably need to reduce our smartphone use, but I think there's also a much bigger piece in this with businesses and managing the all the many digital solutions that they use, and particularly with more people working from home and not necessarily having a switch-off time or not sticking to their switch-off time and just being able to log into emails whenever they want. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's something that really needs to be addressed in a lot of businesses. So that's my kind of focus for the next six months is helping businesses create a positive digital culture in their organization. Yeah, and I think right back to the beginning when we talked about, you know, jobs and businesses not existing, I think that is something that businesses are going to be looking at for their staff. You know, it's part of the health and well-being piece, really. And you're right, we've just got, you know, we assume that you just put your emails on your phone and then it's very difficult to switch off from them. You know, I know some of the people that I've coached within corporates are like, well, I've just never off because I've got my emails on my phone. And I always ask them. And so as the company said, you've got to do that. Well, no, I just I'm like, well, just like just delete them then. And Absolutely. I get it. It's not that easy because I know how I would feel. And it's almost anxiety inducing, isn't it? I'm like, what if I couldn't see my emails? What if I couldn't, you know, what if I, when you said earlier, I deleted all social media. I'm like, I mean, that is a great thing to do. And I immediately was thinking, Oh God, I'm not, not sure. I'm not sure I ever could do that. I'm not sure yeah. I could do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's this is where the positive digital culture comes yes. in because it's, often it's not even spoke about. As you say, like there might be a conversation. Someone says, "Oh, checking my emails at night's making me anxious," and someone says, "We well, don't need to do that." But mm. if all the people in the organisation are, yes. there becomes this level of expectation, even if it's not mm. being laid out anywhere, that oh, everyone else is doing it, therefore I should be. It's like the modern day presenteeism, isn't it? That yeah, absolutely. You don't want to be the last to, that, sorry, the first to leave the office. Now it's like don't want to be the only one who's not replying to emails at night. So that's where creating a positive digital culture comes in, where actually you are told 
you are expected not to be logging yes. into your emails at night. Yes. And we don't want you to log into your emails at night. And we will be speaking to anyone who does log into their emails at night. And I think that actually just, if everyone's on that same par, it makes a huge difference. I love that. And I'm sure that the demand for that isn't going to grow as I would think. So I always finish the podcast with the last word. And this is where I ask people their last something or other. It could be anything from their last meal, their last holiday. Now, one of the ones that I've got for you is what was the last app that you downloaded? So I don't want one of your productivity ones. I want a fun one. What is a good app? Okay, well, actually, this morning, I did download an app today. I downloaded my Fitness Pal, oh, okay. uh, which I think lots of people have obviously used yeah. before. Uh, but I like the occasionally just checking in on my calories, how mm-hmm. many calories am I having every day? So I have used my Fitness Pal in the past. Hmm. Then, you know, eventually you kind of get out of the habit of putting in what you're eating and such like and how much exercise you're doing. But I just thought, you know what, for a couple of weeks, I'm just going to go back to just tracking my calories, see where I'm at, check I'm getting all the right amount of protein, et cetera. So I don't know if you call it fun, <laughs> but it is very useful. useful. Yeah, very definitely. Useful. And uh, yeah, it's not something I will do forever, but something that just now and again, I like to go in and just check, am I about the right levels that I need to be at? And again, you know, that's interesting, just going back a little bit of like, there's so many apps, so many great apps. You yeah. know, we have one that, records our gym sessions and it keeps your weight so when you go and next time you pop that exercise it shows you the weight so for instance when I'm in the gym I'm on that app yes. for 45 minutes yes. and so again then I'm you know in retrospect to what we've talked about I'm thinking right well that's up in my screen time and it's up in my time on there so it, you know it's just becoming aware of what you're doing on that phone isn't it totally it's about conscious use over unconscious am I using it in a way that brings joy and fulfillment and value to my life or am I using it in a way that depletes all of those things yeah definitely okay and what was the last great piece of advice that you were given oh I don't know let me think last great piece of advice I'm gonna refer back to someone who was also a coach actually and one of her sayings that I actually saw on her say again on social media the other day and every time she says it, it really hits home with me is be excessively kind to yourself particularly Mm -hmm. as business owners, be excessively kind to yourself and excessively being the word here, not just be kind to yourself, be excessively kind to yourself. And every time I see it, it always makes me think, yeah, "Yeah, actually I do. I need to book in that massage. I need to have that trip away with the girls. I need, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it always makes me think of how am I going to look after myself, which I think is mums and business owners mm-hmm. and everything else we've got going on can often fall way down the list yeah 100% love that so thanks for joining us today where can our listeners connect best with you yeah so on social media I am on there anti-social media obviously so Instagram is usually one of the best places I'm Sam Flynn SM on Instagram and if you also jump on LinkedIn and search Sam Flynn you should be able to find me quite easily and I have a YouTube channel as well where I share a lot of different short videos all about the very different things that go on in the digital well-being world and that is Sam Flynn Digital. Fabulous. Well, we'll put all of those in the show notes for everyone. And I encourage you all to reach out and follow Sam and get some more tips on how we can all look after our digital well-being and cut that infinite scroll down for sure. Brilliant. (laughs) So that's it from us today. I'll be back soon with a brand new episode. But in the meantime, remember to keep those vibes high. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, Dawn Owen. I'd love to know what your number one takeaway was from this episode. Feel free to screenshot the episode and tag me in on social media. 
And if you know someone who would enjoy it too, then don't keep it to yourself. Share the vibes. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified as soon as the next episode drops. If you're not already a part of the High Vibe Tribe community over on Facebook, then come and join us there. The link is in the show notes. And I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep those vibes high. Thank you.